Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Em Over Easy. I have three of my favorite people, and I know I say that I have a lot of favorite people, but truly three of my favorite people here around the table with me. Lois Swisher, how are you? I'm doing great. How you doing? George Willis. Always a pleasure to be here, Andy. And Molly Estes. So excited this morning. I wanted to talk about this idea of why emergency medicine. So for the listener, you've probably heard this question before. We ran a series in 2018, but we wanted to rerun it four years later in the setting of the last two years from a public perception probably hasn't been great for EM. We've gone through a pandemic and that's led to all different types of arguments and conversations and a lot of soul searching. I think we've, we're all on social media where we've seen some of our colleagues leave emergency medicine. And I still think that at the end of all this, I still made the best choice possible by being an EM physician. And I know that people around the table feel the same way. And so we really wanted to kind of re-ask the question of why emergency medicine, despite the last two years. When you threw this question out there, it really made me stop and think because I was actually talking to one of my scribes on shift maybe a week or two ago. And she was starting to debate. She's like, oh, yeah, my my plan has always been to go to medical school and, you know, do emergency medicine. But seeing what you guys have been through, I, I, I don't know if I want to do it anymore. Like, what's your opinion? Would you choose it again? And I'll be the first one to admit I've gone through some burnout stuff um, over the last couple of years and really struggled. And in thinking about it, I realized, yeah, no, I, I would totally make this decision all over again, even knowing now everything that we've gone through. And I realized, I'm like, you know, I don't like my job every single day. Like, there are lots of days when I do not want to go into work, but I still love my job. The mission has not changed. We are still there to help our patients, um, to serve our community in their darkest hour on their worst day. And despite everything that we've been through, that has not changed. So I've advised multiple medical students over, I'm not going to say how long career, (laughs) to age myself. And it was always really easy for me at that point in time. You know, what are the things that we love about emergency medicine? You know, we, we take care of the sickest patients and, you know, people badmouth emergency medicine talking about we're the triage physicians. And I'm like, oh, that's really interesting, except for the fact that when you have your patients in your subspecialty clinic and they all of a sudden decompensate, where do you send them? Oh, yeah, you send them to the emergency department. <laughs> so, you know, I always tell people that we're the best diagnosticians and we are the best resuscitationists that are out there. But I think more than anything else, and the thing that really brought me to emergency medicine is, and has really cemented my love of the specialty is a lot of what Molly talked about, which is our patients need us. You know, I didn't go into medicine because of the illustrious career. Oh, I'm going to be a doctor and I get to have the, the kind of hierarchy in society where I'm in the upper echelon. I didn't do it for that. You know, I could have been a surgeon or a neurosurgeon and did that stuff. It was more because I wanted to help people. And in this specialty, probably a little bit more than any other specialty, people come to us in their time of wanting help. And I get to do that. The other thing that I like, because I did play college football and love football, is the team aspect of it. You know, that's probably the biggest part of it. When I go into the emergency department and I'm talking to a patient, you know, it's very much the Dr. Willis and stuff like that, which I've always hated. Um, But when my nurses or my residents or the techs or somebody needs me, it's not Dr. Willis, it's George. I need pain medicine or I need epinephrine or this patient's sick and in cardiac arrest and I need you to come now. And I'm there. And when I'm talking to the nurses, when I'm talking to my residents, it's the same aspect. And it's not, it's kind of level playing field to a certain extent. And I love that team aspect. I've always been a huge fan of that team aspect of emergency medicine that I think we get in the emergency department more than any other specialty. 
So these, especially now that I'm, I'm practicing in San Antonio after spending a long time in Baltimore, two very different but very underserved populations, I get to kind of team out my my love of why I went to medicine, which is to help people because these, un- these very underserved populations don't have primary care physicians to go to or referral clinics that they can go to a lot of times. And so they come to us and they're like, look, I got diagnosed with this terrible cancer, or I got this abdominal pain that I've had for you know three days and I have nowhere else to go. So please help me. And I get to do that. And it's a badge of honor that I wear when I go home and tell my kids, daddy, what did you do today at work? And I'm like, I helped people. (laughs) And it's very powerful for me. Well, I am going to age myself. I am a PGY 33. And as people are becoming to know, I am going to leave my residency home for the first time where I've practiced my entire life. And I am going to Orlando with Andy. And it surprised me that people were saying, oh, you're leaving. Are you going to retire? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I, like, I feel like I'm hitting this new stride. And early on in the patient aspect of this, I would call my dad on the way home and I would, uh, he's like, what happened? And I would tell him something from the night before that happened. He's like, you know, every time I call you, the story is from the night before, not last week. You're telling me things that are exciting to you that are happening right now every single day, something that energizes you. The things that energize me a lot of times are helping people. Um, my daughter had a brain tumor, and I found how difficult it was for me to navigate the healthcare system. Everyone who comes to us Okay, there are some legal people that are brought to us, but generally our patients are coming because of pain and anxiety. And every single one of them, I can relieve pain and anxiety in most patients I see. That is an incredible thing to do. And sometimes their anxiety is like, something's wrong and I don't know how to get help. And you're that expert of the medical system where you are, that you can guide them of how to take care of themselves. I think that that is an exciting thing and why I got into this. But also, for me, I have my own way of thinking. And so Andy and I are the same age. We went to the teaching course in 2016, and we're paired up doing multiple different one-on-one uh, things. And I heard about EM over easy and our paths have crossed. And for me, the excitement, emergency medicine is a small community, uh, certainly of the educators. We're back at court seeing our friends, becoming excited about all these things that we can do. Yeah, COVID was hard, but you know, we were on the front line and there were people putting out podcasts and we were learning new things. Emergency medicine always has something to learn. I think it's the greatest thing. I'll admit that I was like Molly. There was about three months in the middle of all this that I was super crispy, is what my kids call it. Dad, you're kind of crispy. And I I sat down and I thought about why. It was never about the patients. It wasn't about the illnesses. It was the external factors. It was the news. It was the politicalization of vaccines. Like, But at the end of the day, why I went to work and the patients I saw, I still left work every day happy that I went. 
and I usually left happier than when I got home, like happier than when I left. I would leave home, you know, the last 24 hours I've seen it on the news. I'm getting text messages from family members asking me, is this valid? Is this valid? Is this valid? And I'm like, just leave me alone. But then I go to work and for 12 hours, I'm taking care of super sick people who came in for help and I'm able to help them. I feel like the silver lining in all this was, is that although the external factors for our job were difficult the last two years, the patients were the same. The patients were still there because they needed our help. Unscheduled care still happened. Um, and I still, we got to live by that mantra 24 hours a day, regardless of ability to pay. And that was just what we did. And to me, like, that's where I get it, where some people might've been burnt out because of what's gone in the last two years. But at the core of it all, the medicine we practiced was awesome. And we got to be a part of a, to me, a revolution in medicine where EM got to be at the forefront and we got to kind of show our skills to the world because who was working ICUs? It wasn't critical care docs picking up extra shifts. It was us who moved into telehealth. We did. Who who became these rapid triage stations? We like we kind of showed off that we can do anything because we're EM trained. And so to me, it was very invigorating to think that we got to play to me the coolest part in the pandemic, which was really the biggest helpers. Piggybacking on that, and you brought up a lot of really really important points. One of the big paramount thoughts that come up in this past two years specifically is exactly what you're talking about. You know, it's hard to do our job. It's not easy. It's something. I think as a group, we are probably one of the most resilient groups of physicians in the whole practice of medicine because when the pandemic hit, who did the world come to? They came to emergency medicine. There was nowhere else for to go. People were scared. Oh my gosh, I think I have COVID. I'm going to go to the emergency department. (laughs) And in that, despite the fact that people were also paranoid about going to the hospital, they would stay home with their appendicitis and rupture and then get floridly septic and then come to the hospital when they had to come. And guess who was there to save the day? It was us. And it was something that we were proud to do. You know, I really loved the fact that I I saw people clanging pans and saying, we're so happy to see you go. And that was great to feel, but it was also easy to do our job. That's what we're here for. And then when it went the other direction and people started really shooting us down and saying, you know, you guys are wearing masks, you guys are pushing vaccines. And they they really shoveled all of medicine into this cohort of people who they just bastardized and just said, you guys are terrible people who are trying to do all this stuff. Again, we went and did our job. I mean, this is what we do. This is what there was nobody else left to do it. So it was us. So despite the fact that all of this stuff has happened, you're exactly right. The patients still came. And they came for help and they really needed somebody to take on that role. And here we were. We are very innovative in that mindset. Never before in like the modern era has the general public ever been exposed to a real time development of medical knowledge and medical advances. And I look back at the last two years and I'm like, I have been raw and honest more with my patients over the last two years than ever before. And we are a specialty I, we were joking around, George and I, a little bit earlier. You know, we're, we're a bunch of ER docs, right? We're just blunt. We're honest. Like, we're open. Just tell us what happened. Tell us the truth. Uh, I don't really care. I'm not going to judge you. Just you know, let me do my job and we can move on. But we are that reality. We are that practicality for our patients. We don't sit in our ivory towers and pontificate in our armchairs about, you know, the pharmacokinetics of this antiviral versus that one. We look at our patients and we tell them, hey, you're sick. This is what we can do. Unfortunately, this is what we cannot do. And this is the information I have right now. And it might change next week, but I am doing the best that I can for you with what I've got at this moment. 
And that's what we've always been. We have been that blunt person. We have been that realistic presence. We have always been that for our patients. If you could give somebody interested in medicine the pitch for EM, what would that look like? Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Not even the just. Just do it. Two words. Do it. I love it. Sorry, Nike. (laughs) It's too long of a phrase. Do or do not. There is no try. (laughs) Yes. Yoda. We could totally Yoda this. But in all honesty, it's the same stuff it's always been right? So you get to do a little bit of everything. You get to help people on their worst day. You get to make it up as you go along because guess what? Five minutes of history is not enough to make a diagnosis a lot of time, but that's all that I got. And if you are interested in truly serving people at your own expense a lot of the time, because that is the reality, then this is a specialty for you. Yeah. To piggyback on that, I think, again, we are probably one of the most innovative specialties that's out there because we're always finding something else to do. You know, probably 15, 20 years ago, it was ultrasound was in radiology. Now we're using ultrasound probably more than we've ever used ultrasound before. We're always finding new ways to use ultrasound. Procedural sedation, same. We used to call anesthesia. Now we're doing procedural sedation in the emergency department. So we're always finding new ways to do things to take better care of our patients. So it is probably the most innovative specialty out there. It's always changing, as you're saying. There's always a challenge in emergency medicine. You don't know what's coming around the corner. And I think that, for me, is what has kept it exciting for decades. This new pandemic We couldn't have predicted, and we've learned so much in this period of time. I think even with the hardness, actually, our lives professionally changed very little, except we had to wear masks. We got to go to work. We did what we always did and did it well. My pitch for EM is go back and read your personal statement from med school. Very rarely did you talk about barriers of care that you wanted to work in an environment where you would deny patients on their ability to pay, their insurance, their copay status, their socioeconomic status. And if you go back and read your personal statement, because I, I love to go back and read mine, in there, I wanted to be an emergency physician because I wanted to take care of anybody all the time. And we're that specialty. And so if your goal is to be the per- be the doctor you wanted to be when you were 21, go applying to med school, this is your house. And we'd love to have you be a part of the team. Well, a huge thank you to George, Molly, and Lois to sit down and talk about why emergency medicine. To check out more of this series, we'll have two more sessions coming out this month of June until we take our typical summer off. But don't forget, we are the official podcast of the American College of Osteopathic Emergency Physicians. Visit acoep.org today to learn more about this organization and how you can attend an upcoming CME event where you might get the chance to run into our hosts, Drew, Tanner, John, or myself. Until next time, thanks so much, guys.